All right, ladies and gentlemen, so it's been a while since we've spoken with you about Orange County soccer. Uh, we're ringing the new year. Dylan and I got a nice refreshing break, but we're now anxious to get back on the microphone and discuss some soccer with you, especially those guys from Orange County. Oh, and we've we've had a few news uh, stories that have happened since we last spoke with you. One of them uh, involves uh, an announcement that was made earlier today uh, with the coaching staff. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. So one, two, Godoy, he's found a great ball in and bolts it plenty of time. He smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead. Thomas in a Segris sprinting forward on the counterattack. Little handsy there, crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seaton finishes. It rolls down to his left and burying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County on the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how's it going orange county welcome to another episode the first episode of 2019 of the orange and black soccer cast i am your host ray samora and i'm with you each and every episode as we talk all things orange county soccer club joining me as he does each and every episode we've got dylan from county line coalition dylan uh welcome to 2019 how are you doing um, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back. It's been long enough now to where I earlier couldn't remember what I was doing um, and still feel like I don't remember what I'm doing on a podcast. So we'll find out what happens moving forward. Well, it's nice. And I'm sure if you feel like I feel, it's nice to get back in the swing of things. Uh, I think both of you, uh, both you and I were getting anxious uh, waiting for the podcast to resume uh, in the new calendar calendar year. So I'm glad we're able to do this. And we're going to kick things off with a bang for this episode for the first one of 2019. We've brought on a guest. Uh, he's been on our show a few times in the past, and we always love to have him on here and some great news to speak with him. And and I'm talking, of course, of Richard Chaplow. Richard, welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Right, Dylan. How are we doing? Just to be back. Oh, we're, we're doing amazing. And uh, I, I know last time we, we spoke with you, it was regarding your retirement. Uh, you had just announced the retirement. We brought you on. We had a great conversation with you. Uh, and uh, Orange County fans are going to get a chance to see more of you, it sounds, because the club announced today that you have signed on as an assistant coach uh, with the team. So first off, congratulations on that and welcome back. Uh, Thank you very much. <laughs> let our listeners and the fans of Orange County just give us an idea of how this all came about. Because I think when we last spoke with you, uh, you had mentioned sort of the process of, of getting licensed for coach, coaching in the U.S. Uh, and it seemed maybe at that time that it was maybe something in the in the near to distant future, but not something so quickly. How did uh, how did this opportunity uh, come to you, and and so in such a quick fashion? Um, well, obviously, I announced my my retirement with with uh, quite a little bit of time left in the season, um, as I felt uh, it was the right time to do so, and and obviously allowed myself and uh, to to sort of prepare for that. And um, after the end of the season, um, I suppose after the club were were maybe aware of that a little bit earlier uh, than expected, they've obviously 
um, got together after the news and uh, sort of discussed um, ways that I could potentially stay around with the club. And um, at the uh, the end of the season, they approached me and, and, and asked if um, if I would uh, be assistant to Brendan, um, which I was obviously um, very grateful for the opportunity. And um, I wouldn't say surprised is the word, you know, but uh, I obviously... I obviously backed myself and my abilities, but it was, um, you know, it was a pleasant, a pleasant surprise, and um, I was, I was more than obviously willing to accept that offer. It didn't take me very long to decide that uh, it was the right thing for me to do, and and uh, obviously extremely happy to to be given that opportunity, and um, it's perfect really for, for where I want to go and what I want to do in my in my coaching career. So I, I know like, you know, you, you got this opportunity. I, I think, you know, people that maybe follow you on social media or follow some of uh, your teammates on social media, we saw that, you know, you had some, uh, some time to over the holidays to, you know, spend with friends and family uh, and, and whatnot is, um, is it, uh, did it come to a shock to you to, to get this opportunity so soon? Or is it something that uh, I think you said, like you, you, you guys, you worked with the club and you, you, You've been with the club for a while now, so were you surprised when this opportunity came? Um, I, I wouldn't say su surprised. I think I was maybe a little bit. Um, I was I was happy that I was offered the the assistant role. You know, I wasn't too sure um, what the future was going to hold for me in respect to with the club. I was um, I was always hopeful that. Um, you know, I'd be staying around in some capacity. Um, let's let's put it that way. Um, obviously, I'm unsure of in what role. Um, but I've been coaching for quite a, quite a while now. Really, um, I'm sort of three or four years uh, into into coaching. In respect to, I've been doing it um, as a, on the side while I've been playing. It's something I've always enjoyed doing, and you know, working with uh, the local youngsters in, in California since my arrival with. Um, or Peter, so you know I'm not I'm not um, fresh off the fresh off the finishing and never coached before. You know I've I've still um, done many many <coughs> done many hours in that respect, and um, naturally I have many many more to go until I'm I'm the finished article. Um, but I think I think this role is perfect for me, and I think it's perfect for the club in respect to um, you know as, as Braid and. The right hand man, if you will, now going forward. It's, uh, I look forward to being able to support him, um, help him um, hopefully make the right decisions at the right times, and, and as well learn from, from himself and from, from Peter Nugent, obviously, the, uh, the technical uh, head of recruitment um, at Orange County. And um, there's, there's lots of positives on, on both sides. You know, I've, I obviously have a very good playing career and background, um, and I've been very fortunate and lucky to work under top coaches such as Maurizio Pochettino, obviously the, the Spurs manager at the minute, the Tottenham manager uh, in my time at Southampton um, and also under other, other managers and coaches such as Mick McCarthy who's the, the current men's uh, national team manager for, for, for Ireland. So, you know, playing, playing under people like that, um, I've took a lot and learnt a lot and, and obviously seen a lot and I'll be looking to take them experiences and, and hopefully um, put some of that in, into work and into action with, with Orange County. 
Dylan, did you have uh, a question for, for I, Richard? I did. You read my mind. Um, Richard, do you see yourself as, I know you mentioned, uh, you just mentioned Mick McCarthy and um, Mauricio Pochettino. Which uh, which of the two do you see yourself more more like? Um, probably somewhere actually in between. Um, Mick McCarthy is a very, um, what we call in the game, a very old school sort of manager, uh, been around a long time, has um, great values and morals, um, all about hard work and, and dedication and structure and routine. And um, and then you obviously have uh, Maurizio, who's absolutely crushing it right now in the Premier League, um, very much leading the way of young managers. And, um, you know, his, his attention to detail was something that was, was quite frightening. Um, and I think ultimately to aspire to be uh, anywhere near them guys or anywhere in the same ballpark is, is probably um, only something that I could dream of. You know, I'm not saying that I'm going to be anywhere near like them guys that have been had a career like that. But what I am saying is that obviously I've witnessed firsthand um, the approach that they take and the results that they can they can get from them approaches, and um, you know I'll be looking to try and and bring some of that knowledge and experience from Matt from what I've taken from them, and and see if we can you know uh, put that to work in, uh, with the Orange County team and see if uh, ultimately them same, the same processes work work here. So you know, ending last season, you know the the team came just short of reaching the USL cup final. Uh, I, I know uh, that that's the ultimate goal for every team in the league, but I, I you can sort of see that, you know, Orange County wants at least try to uh, compete again for, for that top uh, of the league and potentially raise it to the title. Uh, what do you see, or what are your, your thoughts going into the season? I, I know we don't have a full roster yet. I know we still have like some tryouts coming out and, and I'm sure there's still a few more players uh, that we're going to be looking at signing, but just sort of with what you know, with the way the roster is built, uh, the players that you know that are there, what are your just sort of uh, expectations or, you know, your first uh, thoughts on this team, at least the way they are now and, and what we should expect or what we can see from them uh, this season? Um, I think first and foremost, you know, obviously last year was a, was a major success. Um, Braden and Jerry and um, everyone involved in the coaching staff, friends, technical director, they all, they all delivered on a, in a massive way, um, as well as the team, the boys on the pitch, you know. So um, it's going to be extremely, you know, tough to, to follow that, really. Um, ultimately, it's, it's a tough game. It's a tough business. Everyone's improving. Everyone is wanting to get better. The league's getting bigger and better. There's, there's more financial backing coming in. So, you know, we're really up against it in, in every way. And uh, we'll be definitely looking to, to build on that season, without doubt. Um, where building takes us, we, we will only know, <clears throat> I suppose, once we get going and uh, come up against the other USL teams. The one thing we do have in the USL is a lot of movement in the off-season between clubs and players and Something that you know not not common in the European market as people are locked into longer contracts and whatnot. Um, and again, the USL alone is starting to you know, mirror that sort of um, them sort of situations where people are now starting getting multi-year contracts rather than, than 12 months. Um, so I think what we will have this year is a little bit more consistency with with what we've brought back already with the roster. You like the 
you know, Christian Dukes and Michael Seaton, Aidan Quinn obviously being a big a big signing for the club after his is uh, such a, a great season last year and his contribution. So, um, you know, we'll we'll have a lot of familiar faces um, around the place, which is great. Um, it means that uh, the philosophy isn't needed to be coached from the beginning again. We have a lot of boys on board that know the jobs, know the roles, <clears throat> know what Braden expects from them. Um, and and ultimately, we'll, you know, like I said, we'll be looking to bring uh, an exciting brand of football against Orange County, and and just basically see where that takes us. But um, I think to to sit here today and try and make predictions is is really difficult. Totally get that. Uh, I I get you know, and I love how you 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 mentioned it. Is I I just think some of the consistency, like you said, USL. There's a lot of player movement. You've been with Orange County now for a few years, so you've experienced that firsthand, especially with this team. Uh, and you know the the fact that you got quite not not a lot but a good handful of players that are returning from a, a quality team last season. Some of those players, many people, at least you know, I know a lot of Orange County fans uh, consider some of these players fringe MLS type players or players that potentially have that possibility of playing in the MLS, whether they've been there in the past or just the the the, the quality of play they have. So I, I love that you say that, and I, I totally agree with you, is I think that consistency and those quality players that they are bringing back, if we can mesh those well together with some of the, the other newcomers that come in, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the season. I'm sure Dylan's excited for this, and it and sounds like you're excited for this upcoming season as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think obviously from, from where Orange County's come in the past, uh, since I've arrived, obviously, on, on the shores of of California um, it's quite incredible really in the last three years how every year we've grown and obviously credit to to James and, and Oliver who've built an organization a franchise that can can now compete at the, the top end of the USL if you think back to the times of um, of the Blues for anyone that was around in that in that period which is, is literally you know like I said three seasons ago it's it's, um, it's a monumental success to see how far we've come really and that's, that's credit to everyone involved, not just like the, the guys I mentioned there, the owner and, and, the, and the general manager, but down to the coaching staff, down to the, the recruitment team. Um, the vision that's been created throughout the club has been, been exceptional. And I think uh, it's exciting times ahead for everyone uh, attached to the club. Uh, the fans, you know, we're starting to, to get a much bigger fan base. We have the coalition line that are there every, every week, sort of singing their hearts out and keeping us going. So, you know, always welcomed, and, and obviously the boys are grateful for for everything that's put in front of them, for for the fans, for the organisation, and you know we we can only bring players like Michael Seaton and the Aiden Quinns back because of what we've achieved uh, as a club, and not only on the pitch but off the pitch. You know, these players were probably players that were out of reach for us three years ago, but now we're we're leading the way in in our style of play in the way of the vision of the club and uh, it's, like I said it's really exciting time so uh, delighted to be part of it and I'm, I'm hoping that I can add my influence and uh, in any way shape or form and at the same time you know grow as a coach and uh, and see where it takes me myself. I don't know, Dylan. Do you have uh, any other questions uh, for Richard? No, I don't think I have anything serious other than like you know we've got one. Um one center back right now, you know, we're going to see a, maybe a emergence from the retirement and uh, some hard tackling from you again, but I don't think that's likely. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a joke that's been drawn at me a few times since, uh, 
since I've been in the office with uh, with Fred and in, uh, in the last few days. Um, but no, we're, we you know we're working hard uh, to to put the final pieces of the puzzle together. And like I said, the USL is is a, is a tricky business at times putting together a, a full roster. And I think for for those that are well versed in the the movements of Orange County, we look back to the start of last season. Um, before before we went into our pre-season camp, you know, we had potentially at this stage maybe five or six players maximum signed on the contracts and the rest were sort of in the pipeline. Uh, we look where we stood today and we have uh, a, a much larger number of, of you know, 10, 11, 12 lads, maybe more. Um, we we are in a much, much better and healthier position and, and you know, we're looking forward to, to building on that. We've definitely that still need filling, um, but uh, we want to find the right player for Orange County, and obviously make sure that they're uh, the people that firstly want to be here, and, and also people that we feel uh, will be a good fit. So uh, we're in no rush, and we've got plenty of time before the start of the season is uh, yet to yet to come. And um, although we have some, some early pre-season games, it's um, it's something that we're willing to be patient on right now. So uh, the boots can, can firmly um, stay stay hung up for the time being, indefinitely, unless there's some uh, crisis on the injury front. But uh, even then, I don't think uh, I don't think it'd be as much as uh, I'd always like to get out there and play. And I'm sure I'm going to miss it. Um, I'm in the next best possible place for myself, and obviously that's as close as I can get to the pitch, which is uh, on the touchline. Well, we're definitely excited that uh, you're still a part of this this organization, that the fans will still get to see you on the sidelines. And uh, we're hoping that, you know, the, the club continues to take these strides and, and build this this great, this better organization with more consistency that can help pull in more fans. Uh, I know it's a difficult task in Orange County to pull in those fans, but, I, you know, even in the short time that I've been following the club, you can see that that, that fan uh, loyalty in that group has grown a little bit. So we're excited to have you back. One last question. It's going to be a fun one before we, we let you head off for the evening. Uh, our last episode of 2018, we had Charlie Austin, the new midfielder for the club on. And uh, one of our uh, fans uh, asked, you know, what his favorite vegetable was. So I'm going to go and put that question to you, Richard. Uh, do you have a favorite vegetable? vegetable um very um what can we start with saying it's a very strange question i'm a fan of a carrot i do like a carrot now and again i always got told as well and it's a great i suppose it's a great uh color choice of vegetable with it being orange um that, that definitely helps um <laughs> But I always got told as a youngster that it, it can make you, uh, it'll make you your eyes better, or you can see in the dark. So um, I was always a fan of the carrot when I was when I was younger, and um, it, like I said, it seems apt now that uh, we're in Orange County that I've chosen orange vegetables. So uh, I'll stick with that with our final answer of um, a carrot. Yeah. <laughs> so then the 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 very important follow up question, because I know this is a big thing for people: uh, cooked carrot or raw carrot? Sorry, what was that? Oh, do you prefer cooked carrots or raw carrots? Oh, I thought you said. Um, <laughs> I love a raw carrot, and, I'm, and the reason for it is that you can, if you nibble away at the outside, you can get to the little uh, trunk bit, and uh, 
got like there's a little branch almost in the middle of it that runs through the carrot. I used to, like I said, I used to love nibbling away at the uh, the carrot and and trying to sort of uh, nibble around the edge to get to the to the middle section, and then I would eat that separately. So uh, there's a strange fact from from me, and um, hopefully something that doesn't follow me around, and there's not too many people. Uh, hopefully, listening to this, they can start throwing <laughs> carrots at me if we don't don't do too well in the on the pitch. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, we won't have to worry about that because we're going to have uh, another successful season out there in the pitch, and that won't become an issue. Uh, but I appreciate Absolutely. you taking. I'm, I'm sure we will. I, I appreciate you taking the opportunity to answer a fun question to end this. Uh, I, I want to again uh, congratulate you on the new position, the next uh, stage of your career. We're we're glad that it's going to be. We're glad that it's going to be part of Orange County and, and that you're still around. Uh, and we wish you the best of luck, you know, in the rest of the off season and, and heading into the new season uh, in what, a couple months here. So. Very much look forward to it. And I'm sure we'll be, uh, I'm sure we'll touch base and speak again as again soon in the season. So I, I look forward to that. And um, like I said, until next time, take care and, and thanks for having me. Perfect. No problem. Thank you once again, Richard. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that's Richard Chaplow, uh, the new assistant coach for Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, he was uh, he joined the club. Uh, it was announced just earlier today that he is going to be right there on the sidelines for the matches uh, for the club that you all love to follow and love to cheer for. So uh, I want to once again thank him for joining us. He's been a great guest every time we've had him uh, and you know, every 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 time we have him on or any of our guests, we get to learn just a little, little, you know, interesting fact about them. So I, I will say this. I agree with the raw carrots. That's what I prefer, um, especially when you can get like a good dip, like some ranch or hummus or something like that on there. Dylan, uh, are you a raw carrot or a cooked carrot person? I'm a raw carrot for sure. The texture. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm I'm sad about is that I didn't uh, I didn't get to ask if he was going to make charlie adams seeing the day we caught the train by ocean color scene no, um sing the justin bieber song yeah yeah no i was hoping it's gonna be an ocean color scene um maybe we can get one of the two of them we get a duet sometime that'd be nice yeah maybe we can finally convince someone to sing on this podcast yeah um, it's not gonna be me so um but <laughs> i know i do know this guy he can he can rap really well um it's uh yeah he's Who's really great about rapping, uh, I can't even say the title of the song actually, but you can find it on Instagram on our Instagram. So if you would like to listen to, then you can find <laughs> hey, it on the. Uh... Dude, I I know someone that loves to to rap about boats and mermaids. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is total inside jokes. Like... Unless you follow us on social media, especially Instagram, you have no idea what we're talking about. If you want to find out what we're talking about, go check out our Instagram. And you can uh, come with us to karaoke. The there. There you go. Yeah, we'll have to do uh, maybe uh, uh, next time we you – know, what we're talking about here is Dylan and I, uh, my wife, Dylan. Um, who was it that came with us, Dylan? One of your friends, right? Yeah. Uh, um, amazingly, I do have friends. <laughs> uh, we went out for karaoke one evening, and we just had a blast. So maybe what we'll have to do is we'll have to do a uh, uh, Orange and Black Soccer Cast karaoke night. Uh, we'll announce it on one of our episodes. We'll plan a date. We'll figure that out um, if we can get to that. Um but for the purpose of times, because we uh, of time, because we do have quite a bit still to talk about, um, we want to move on here. Let's get into. We still have to finish up some player ratings. I think we have like nine players that we still have yet to grade from last season, and it's already been a few months now. I think it's going to be Dylan and I have probably forgotten most of what we wanted to talk about on some of this, but I'm sure we can still get into it. 
uh, I was busy with technical stuff trying to set up our connection with Richard for uh, today's uh, podcast episode. So I'm leaving it to Dylan to let us know which players we're going to discuss today. And that's great because I, I don't remember what the list was from the last one. I, you told me like three <laughs> times and I forgot because I would look at the names on the list and I was confused <laughs> about how we even managed to get this far off topic yeah. or uh, out of order, I guess. <laughs> but um, we're going to try to pull up some. We're going to probably try and go to five names today. Um, hopefully Dylan got names that we have not already discussed. If it discussed dis yeah, discussed. Oh, right. you know, I, I figured this this issue out. Who was the last one we discussed, right? I believe it was Joe Amico. So this week, we're going to get to talk about Mats Bierman, Michael Seaton, Alex Cronali, and Christian Duke, which will leave us with three next week of probably the three biggest impacts um, for the team. A big mystery, if anyone can figure that out. I'm sure they can figure it out. Two thumbs up. Yeah, I'm sure they can. Uh, so which, <laughs> which name are we going to start off with? I'll let you go. Uh, we're going to start off with Mats Bierman. We're just going to keep going up how we've uh, been doing it. All right. And I apologize again. I was dealing with technical issues, trying to get my phone set up so we could have the interview. Uh, I don't have any stats in front of me. I don't know if Dylan was able to get any stats in front of him. Um, if not, we'll just wing it and we'll just talk about what we remember from what we watched uh, this season. Well, Ray, what do you remember? You could have 32 memories of Mott Spearman. Great. Great. Um, I, I probably won't remember any of them. Okay, that's wonderful. Well, like I said, you could have 32 <laughs> memories. Joking, you played 32 matches for us. Um, 24 of those were starts. Played just under 2,000 minutes this year for us. Um, defensively, wasn't asked to do too much. Uh, was basically allowed to kind of roam free behind Enavolton and Seton for most of the most of his minutes. But um, I'd say he proved himself to be a pretty good player. Um, when he was on his game and um, and when he wasn't on his game, I'd say he was uh, pretty invisible out there, um, not making any huge contributions. And to a point, I guess the stats kind of reflect that uh, just just four goals. And but, um, you know, I don't think he was really brought on to be a huge uh, leading member of of the team. Um, but he went out there, I mean, most weeks and, and put on a shift and, and did relatively well, um, especially coming what for probably most of us was going to be considered a, a pretty unknown season, coming back from uh, St. Louis, getting to come home and uh, graduating from college and all that fun stuff. But seemed like he fit in well with the team. And um, like I said, when he was on, he was on and, and did well. Well, I, and one of the, the interesting, because you said he he made 32 appearances, we had a pretty stacked midfield on this team. So the fact that he was able to make 32 appearances with some strong competition out there uh, is a, is a testament to just, you know, what he probably did in the training sessions. Uh, and yeah, he did have some shiny moments out there on the pitch. He also, there was, there was games. Uh, there were some games where he sort of disappeared out there where you just didn't quite, uh, you know, you didn't really recognize if he's out on the pitch or not, unless you're really looking for him. Um, but I, I would have to probably agree with you. He pretty solid season um, for someone coming in that you, there wasn't really these big expectations, I think from him. Um, I, I, I look at him more as he was brought in for, uh, you know, some depth in the midfield and he definitely did pretty good out there though, with the, the opportunities that he had. And 
I'm glad he was able to come out and graduate from UCI and have a pretty good season with us. Yeah, I would say basically the only big mistake I can ever remember him making was not being able to convert a really clear-cut chance one-on-one against Bersano in the playoff match against Reno. But to his defense, Enavoldson also failed to convert. So, uh, And we ended up winning that match anyway. So, you know, that was yeah, not ideal. Ended. And you could tell that he was uh, rightfully disappointed. Um, but, uh, you know, the rest of the season, he just kind of put his head down and got to work. And, and that was evident. Um, stats aren't USL leading or team leading or anything, but they definitely uh, reflect that he worked really hard during matches. Um, grade? Do you have a, uh, or should I go first? I don't know. Do you want to go first? Uh, you can go first. I gotta go get some uh, more coffee. <laughs> Ooh, someone's like having hard uh, a hard time staying up. I guess. Um, yeah, no, no. It, it was a pretty. Solid season, um, nothing super spectacular. Uh, so I have to go with a B plus, I believe would be a sufficient grade for him. You know, B, his first last name starts with a B, so B works out. Um, great reasoning. Yeah, like you were talking about. That's excellent. <laughs> it is. It's the greatest reasoning in the world. Um, yeah, you know, the, the missed opportunity in the playoffs didn't hurt us, so there's nothing really to look on there. Um, you know, nothing, nothing spectacular. He doesn't fall into that upper upper tier like the the shining stars of the team but he also doesn't fall into some of those categories of some of the players that uh, you wonder what happened or the what if seasons or whatever because he was out there and 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 performing for the team so yeah i think he performed well enough um and and performed enough to where even if he doesn't end up back here in orange county i think he will have played enough to to hopefully find another usl club um he's clearly good enough to play at this level um, if we talk about expectations and comparing them to uh, actual performances, I think at least a B is pretty fair with him. Um, he came into, like you said, a really stacked midfield um, and getting game time that regularly with the likes of Aiden Quinn and Christian Duke. And then with the late season uh, emergence of, of Chaplow again, I, I would say that was a really well done, uh, well done job from him. So, yeah, I got to go. I'm going to give him B as well, but just for a little bit better of a reason than his last name starts with B because I'm really curious to see <laughs> if you're going to give like Christian Duke a D because that's what it starts with because I'd, I'd wager that he probably deserves a lot better than a D. Yeah, we'll see. The suspense is Wow, jeez. Such narcissism. Or uh, not narcissism. Yeah, maybe. Do you think he could do a better job? Uh, we haven't gotten to, to, to the we'll D's there. yet. Okay. We'll get there. Do you know who's next? Do you remember? Um, if we're going in the order you mentioned them, then it has to be your favorite player. It is. Of it's my season. favorite. So you're going to start. <laughs> oh, so I get to start. Is that how that works? Uh, so Michael Seaton. What, what's to say about Michael Seaton other than um, it was pretty much a tale of two seasons for him. Uh, first half of the season, it was not nothing to uh, get too excited about, I guess. Um, maybe a couple shining moments here and there. Uh, but the second half of the season for Michael Seaton was just an amazing season or second half of the season or amazing point period parts or period. Yes. There you go. Run of um, form, whatever you'd like, you know, Hey, we're, we're, this is our first episode back after like a month away. Uh, I know I always mess up what I say anyways, but we needed some preseason 
podcasts. It's it's because I am drinking a juice it up instead of another liquid that I might normally have out here. So I could have something to do with it. Who knows? Um, but yeah, no, the first half of the season, as opposed to the second half of the season, two different Michael Seatons. Uh, I think both you and I experienced talking with him throughout the season. A lot of that had to do with just, you know, being on a new team, trying to learn how to play with other teammates, um, having to learn how to work with someone like a Thomas Ennevoldson uh, out on the pitch. But once he found his footing on this team and, uh, you know, put the pedal to the metal, I guess is something we can say. I mean, it just was a, a, a spectacular second half of the season. Something you look at is if, if that's something that could have happened the entire season, he probably would have been one of the, I mean, we would have had, had three players in consideration for potential MVP in the USL. And I think that's what excites most Orange County fans uh, coming into this next season is getting a full season of a Michael Seaton under this coaching staff with a good amount of players that are coming back around him, which is very exciting. Do you have a grade or do you want me to, to go first? Let me, let me hear what you got to say about him first and then we can talk about grades. Well, I mean, what I could talk for an entire podcast about how much I like Michael Seaton. Um, and, but I think just in the sake of not boring everyone else, <laughs> he was really, really strong this year. Um, a 14 goal, sorry, 15 goals, 15 goals. Wow, math is hard, guys. Um, 15 goals, that's hard to say that someone didn't have an amazing year if they score 15 goals, and especially behind a guy that scored something over 20 and just ahead of a guy that scored 12 or 13. Um, he played really, really well. He linked up really, really well with uh, Thomas Envoldson. And even with Aiden Quinn um, and and Darwin Jones, in that latter half of the season, uh, we probably saw one of the better performances um, of him in Las Vegas, getting subbed on at the half and then going on and, and scoring a couple goals. But we also got the the uh, the postseason hat trick as well, which was amazing. Awesome, uh, awesome. just <laughs> so cool. Um, and it's it's really good to see uh, a guy who generally seems to to like playing here um, gets along, knows when to to put his head down and work, and, and knows when he can have a little bit a little bit of fun as well. Um, and you know he's always helpful for us as well, and quite a talented rapper. Uh, so I'm sure Ray's really excited. Um, I think he'd probably destroy you, Ray. That's Ooh. in my. Uh, all right, we got to work this out. Michael My Seaton. pretty biased opinion. I think I think he'd probably uh, probably take you, Mr. Michael Seaton, or any uh, of anyone that listens that can get a hold of him. I know Dylan, you can probably get out get a hold of him. Uh, let's do this. Let's get him on board, and we can do a little uh, mini mini rap battle between the podcast and the player, um, and see what's going on. Man, is it is. Is it my house where there's like rain? Yeah, it's my. No, nah, it's it's probably mine too. It's well, it's raining pretty hard. Yeah, I'm I'm I record. You know, you got the garage right here behind me. I'm I'm hearing raindrops. I'm like, is that my? And I know you people place? can't tell, but my room is like, I'm gonna go 45 percent windows. So, ooh, yeah. Um, but, but basically, Satan had an amazing season. Uh, he can rap really well, and he's back. So, and is he still on fire? Right, of course he's on fire. Okay, just he could score zero goals this season. I would still sing that. Like I, I <laughs> do not, do not care. Um, I imagine he's probably uh, 
excited to get going again and to uh, get back into the swing of things. Played so, 29 games this season, missed a few to injury, missed one to a suspension for a red card uh, against Sacramento towards the beginning of the year. I'll be curious to see what uh, what happens, but I think that that enjoyment that he has of the game and that desire to be the best that he can um, not only leads to him doing things like scoring 15 goals, um, but also leads to him trying kind of wild uh, things. He, he went for a bike midseason, hurt his shoulder, um, but he's not afraid to, to kind of get a little bit scrappy um, and he can play in, in Vegas and he can, he can play on the fields like uh, that Fresno and Vegas have that are just, terrible quality because uh like he told me you know after you play in jamaica and you grow up playing in jamaica anything's better so yeah i think that was right any field is better than because i think we talked about him uh, one time with like the pitch conditions and i think that was something that was mentioned um the the awesome thing with seaton and then we'll get into the grade here uh he's a double threat he's got pace and he's also a very physical uh forward so that's that's something that's that's probably rare. You usually get someone that's either very pacey or someone that's very physical but a little bit slower. Uh, so the fact that you have him and he, his age is just such an, a positive. Uh, so all that stuff is just I, – I think any Orange County fan that says they're not excited for Michael Seaton heading into the season um, – Don't talk to me. We'll have to we'll have to maybe uh, check you out and, and, and see what's going on or why you're thinking that. Because see a doctor because you need help. All right, let's get to the grades and and I, I hopefully hopefully Dylan doesn't get upset at me on this grade because I'm not giving him a a perfect grade. Uh, I'm giving him an A minus. Okay, and 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 why? The reason behind it, and it's uh, I'm looking back at how I graded in other players that we've talked about. I know this is going back, you know, months now or at least a month. Um, if it was a full season of what we saw out of him the second half, definitely would be an A or an A plus. Uh, but that first, you know, 10 or so games of the season where he's still trying to find his fit uh, wasn't as, wasn't, I guess, as productive or putting up the stats out there. That's what's, you know, giving it just that little knock on the grade is I want to see if I'm going to give you an A or an A plus, I'm seeing a full complete season of, you know, high quality, soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. So that's the reason for the A minus. If I was just grading the second half of the season, he'd be getting an A plus for me. Uh, but because of those first, you know, month or so of the season, month or two of the season, that's where he's getting that little knock out of me on the grade. Okay. Um, that That's fair. I'll give you that. Um, I think I have to give him an A in complete honesty. Um, he took a bit to get going, I think, and 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 Volton was really stealing the uh, the spotlight for those first couple months of the season. But once he got into his stride, he really took over from Enavolton, and and basically we saw uh, Orange County dominate as a result of that um, and go on seven game winning streaks repeatedly because teams could not manage to defend against both Enavolton and Seton, um, where that was just too much going on for defenses to handle. Um, you know, he, he'd been passed up by, uh, by uh, Caleb Porter up in Portland. And I think by uh, Ben Olson with DC United and, and, you know, he's, he's 22. Um, he'll be 23 just a bit into this season. Um, 
you know, he's not in his prime yet, I don't think. Um, he's got a couple years before then. So I think based off of basically being passed over by an average MLS club and a strong MLS club, um, he had something to prove, and I think he came and he proved it here. Uh, we're lucky to have him signed again. Um, so I, I got to give him an A there. And honestly, giving, like, wow, what a season. If I'm giving, like, out a preseason grade of, like, what I'm expecting out of a player this upcoming season, he's going to get an A or an A+. Uh, but, you know, it, by all means, an A is, is definitely well-deserved for for a player that put up um, stats and just just watching him out there, just watching his performance. I mean, without looking at stats, you saw someone who was out there – on a nightly basis towards, you know, in that second half of the season, especially that, uh, you know, out there working hard for the team. So go Michael Seaton. All right. So if I remember right, cause I jotted these down as you were talking, hopefully I got the right name. I think next we're going to Alex Cornelli. You're right. You want right. to, do you want to start? You want me to start? I can start. So Alex was our loney from Columbus crew. Um, spent most of the season, with Orange County, but he did have a few stints where he went back and forth. I think there was even a point uh, on our, one of our early podcast episodes uh, that we thought maybe he's back to Columbus for good because he went back and actually made an appearance and I think scored a goal out there. We had just signed Yosh Hoyveld. This sort of all played in more like, okay, maybe that means Alex is, is gone from Orange County. Um, I think maybe at that time he was definitely one of our better center backs. I, I think – as the season went on, I don't know what it was, but I think we've talked about it. There was just something where it almost didn't seem like his full heart was with Orange County. Understandably, I mean, he's, you know, any player, their ambition is top leagues, which, you know, nothing against USL, Orange County. It's not the top position to be in U.S. soccer. Uh, and the fact that I think he did get called back a few times during the season, I think that was maybe a distraction for him. And towards the end of the season, I think the the earlier part of the season, this is sort of uh, a mirror of what we had with Michael Seaton, where early on he was struggling a little bit, but then he caught on fire and and you know had an amazing run in the second half. I think Alex Cornelli, his better part of the season was early on, and as the season wore on, whatever it was, there was just some more struggles out there from him, uh, including I think in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, Dylan, on. Alex? Yeah, um, I'd say that's pretty fair. Uh, obviously got signed and then went up to uh, to Columbus um, in May and then again for a game uh, in June. And then, of course, he, he served a suspension in, in the middle of the year after the Galaxy 2 match. Uh, that was the loss for kicking out at someone. Um, I think he was a strong player at the beginning of the year. Um, and offered a good amount of competition for uh, Thomas Yule Nielsen. But I think after his final trip back to Columbus, I think uh, basically every time he went to Columbus, he had a good game. Uh, of course, he scored his his first, uh, I think his first goal for Columbus um, while recalled. So I think he kind of lost sight of... Um, what he was, what his job was at Orange County, um, and what he needed to do at Orange County, um, and, and maybe caring, I guess, about Orange County. But basically, when you've got a guy that has a uh, 
a tear in his knee as the only other option for that style of defender, you're going to go with a guy that's fit because the other guy can't play. So I understand why he kept playing, um, but it was um, infuriating towards the end of the season, especially after basically after you go back in August, I think there weren't amazing performances from him, uh, especially towards the end. And of course that, that match against, uh, against Phoenix, just there wasn't a lot done there when it came to, to doing his defensive job. And I know you had some choice words in the stands. Um, and I had some choice words in the stands and I think a few other people had some choice words in the stands. Um, but that's kind of the issue you have when you've got a lone player in, especially when they get recalled and they do well at their parent club. Um, it's, it's possible that they'll lose sight. And when they're a quality player like Cronali is, uh, you especially have to worry about that. So it's hard to give him a grade because the thing that's most recent in my mind is that game against Phoenix and multiple mistakes. Um, but there was a good section of the year where he was our better defender as Yosh was getting settled into playing again um, and playing in the USL. And of course, uh, Thomas Yule Nielsen was hurt. And for whatever reason, uh, Walker Hume never played. So, uh, yeah. Um, I got to give him a B because I think uh, having that that big drop off towards the end of the year, whatever it was, um, takes away from what was a was an impressive season, um, and just leaves me with a really really bad taste in my mouth, basically about how his season went. Yeah, I have I have to agree with you uh, on the B. Um, there were some matches where he was a standout on defense, but then again, there were matches where you're struggling. Ah, and I think, you know, him, Yoshoyville, there was a few times with some of our center backs where there was these maybe frustrating performances for a match. Uh, so definitely, A, hoping that that changes this upcoming season. We have a little bit more uh, consistency and stability back there. But, um, yeah, you can't give him too bad of a grade because he did have some standout performances. But, yeah, the uh, the distractions or the struggles, uh, especially towards later in the season, is what's uh, keeping him from getting anything higher than a B for me. So I'll agree with you there. Yeah, I imagine he'll uh, probably have a really good time in Columbus because I think he, he's probably ready for, for that level. Um, and yeah. If that's where his focus is going to be, then he'll definitely be able to keep churning out those performances. So, you know, it sucks we got burned a little bit there, but it's the nature of having players on loan. They are cheap because you don't pay the wages, but uh, you run the risk of them getting recalled. So, Is that how yeah, it works? You don't pay the wages on a loan player? I, I thought it was you pay part of the wages or something. I don't know, but however that works, awesome. Um, let's move on just because time constraints. Okay. So remember, oh, you wrote it down. So Christian Duke. This will be our last one for, for this episode. Christian Duke, midfielder. Uh, I know Dylan, you want to give a quick overview or a quick thought on him? Yeah. Um, played a lot uh, at the beginning of the season. He was probably one of my favorite players because he was running everywhere and uh, putting in challenges. And um, anyways, he's clearly really talented. Um, not a physical 
threat aerially or anything, but uh, is willing to to track back and and play hard. And you know, he's not he's by far not the biggest guy in the pitch, but he doesn't shy away from any challenge. Uh, there were multiple times where he was probably our best defender um, on certain plays. Um, you know, didn't do too much for us offensively. Basically, he left that all to Aiden Quinn. I think he scored two goals, uh, one in the league and one in the cup. Um, didn't have to do too much offensively, but did pretty well um, with his distribution and everything else. So as a, as a defensive midfielder, I would say uh, it's easy to have your impact be left out by statistics. Um, there's not always a lot of statistics available. Um, but, you know, if you look at, at the discipline stats, he only had five yellow cards as a defensive midfielder through, uh, I think, what, something 30, 31, 31 appearances. So that's impressive. That's well done. Uh, and then, you know, towards the end of the year, uh, you know, he had, a, he had a few injuries. He had the broken nose against Stylos Dos with that wonderful elbow. And then um, something else that was never uh, announced what it was that didn't have him dress for a couple of games, but he did a good job. Um, I'm glad to have him back, much like pretty much everyone that uh, we've talked about that we've gotten back. It's good to have him back. He's a quality player. He's going into his prime, I think. So if he links up the same way that he did or even better, we're going to be in a in a good position. Yeah, so um, Duke, uh, I, I, I sort of uh, mirror what you're saying there uh, is – you know, he early on in the season, he was one of my favorite players out on the, uh, on the pitch for Orange County. My youngest son, uh, that was the player that he was drawn to. I don't know if it was just watching him play uh, or because he's number 20 and his favorite player for Tottenham Hotspur is number 20. No uh, <laughs> but um, even my youngest son, that was one of his favorite players uh, on, on the pitch. Um, great guy in, in the interactions that I had with him throughout the season. One of my favorite memories was taking my youth soccer team out to one of the matches early on in the season, and the club had just done those, uh, you know, trading card Twitter, uh, you know, pictures or whatever. I actually printed some of those out on some cardstock, handed them out to all my players, and said, "Hey, uh, at the end of the match, the players usually come over by, uh, you know, Counterline Coalition. If you guys want to go hang out over in that area, and if if he comes by, maybe you can get him to sign it, and you know." I didn't notice at the time when he came by, it was already too late. I wasn't ready for it, but he, I, I think he noticed all the players had this picture of him out. And, and after he gave all the high fives, he actually stopped and asked, Hey, who has a marker? Cause he wanted to sign all these, these pictures for these kids that uh, were there. And it was one of these things where I, I think no one really was vocal to him about it. Like was trying to ask him for it. I think it was just, he noticed it. Uh, and and stopped and took the time and, and signed each and every one of those pictures uh, for the boys on my soccer team. So that was definitely something that, you know, when you see that, I, I get it. Um, this is USL. It's not like this is the top leagues. And some of these players understand that and they appreciate the fans a little bit more. But just things like that, that was just, you know, surprised to me, you know, that a player is willing to do that and take the time to do that because he noticed something. So. I, I think that may skew my grade a little bit on him. I'm not going to give him a D. Like Dylan is trying to predict there um, after we discussed earlier grades. Well, you know, it's a small sample size, but you did give 
Mott's Beerman a, a B because his last name started with a B. So I gave him a B plus and I mentioned, oh, and it goes with a B. I had said a couple things while you're out getting your coffee, Dylan. Um, but uh, Duke had a pretty uh, solid season. The stats aren't going to show much for you. If you're just looking at stats, you're going to look at it and be like, you know, what did this guy do out there? But um, he was very solid out there. Like Dylan, like you were saying, he was very, you know, I would say scrappy out there. Uh, he wasn't scared to get into contact with players and and fight for the ball and and battle for the ball. So I'm going to give Christian Duke a, a B plus. I think that's fair. Yeah, and I mean Scrappy is what you want as a out of a defensive mid, a defensive midfielder, and then on on top of that, taking the captain's armband for just about any time Chaplow wasn't on the field. Um, that's good. You know, he, he proved himself to be a, a, a good leader. So that was good. And, you know, and you mentioned his interactions with the fans. You know, we're giving all these grades off of, uh, obviously, uh, performances on the pitch because that's why they're professional players. Um, but he would always come over and, and, and thank us for the support and, and be sure to applaud us uh, home or away. Uh, he was one of the first ones every time and, and dragging other guys over to to make sure that, you know, the fans knew they were heard. So... Yeah, no, that's, that's always nice, and, and that's, that's important. Awesome. Is, at least I like to think that some of the stuff I say has some impact <laughs> on the players. Um, oh, at least the more positive stuff I say, at least. Um, and and it, it seems like it did, and it seems like he appreciated it, uh, as, as did the rest of the team. So I'm glad to have him back. Um, did I give him a grade yet? Um, I, I think you just said you sort of agree with me, but you didn't actually. I'm going to give him a B plus here, um, <laughs> if not an A minus. Just like I said, you know, being a defensive midfielder, your stats are, are never going to look that great. His look kind of, I guess, a little bit better than average uh, at the best, but his impact was really, really substantial. So, all right. Um, so, we're going to hold off on any more grades. We'll do our final grades on our next episode. Um, for those of you to, that have been listening to us and know everyone we've talked about, then you'll have a good idea of who's left. Uh, even if you haven't, we've sort of been progressing to the you know, higher level players, so you can even sort of figure that out too. Uh, you could just sort by minutes played and figure out the last three or just listen back to the old ones. There you go. Or if you have a good memory, unlike me, you could just know. Um, so let's do this and let's move on. We got some news to talk about. One we of the do. big One of the big things that was announced during our break away from the podcast was a returning player that I think I, I will say it shocked me when I heard it, and I, I would assume it shocked Dylan based on the conversations we had when we were giving his grade. We both were looking at it as uh, he's probably going to be in the MLS next season, um, not based on just what we were thinking or saying, but even articles you know, on major you know, websites were talking about this guy is basically auditioning for MLS this last season, and he's proving to be a great player. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Richard, or Richard, uh, Kevin Austin. Oof. Yeah. Man, it is really the first one back, everyone. You know, you know what it was is is I had my web page. I was clicking through my my Google Chrome browser, and the page I was on right they when I started to say the name was Richard Chaplow's uh, tab because I was just looking at stuff on him uh, during the time we were talking with him earlier. So Kevin Austin uh, returning to the club. Um, I, I will say I was shocked. Uh, Dylan, were you shocked to hear that? Uh, yeah. Um, really thought he was going to get a shot with an MLS team. Uh, there are MLS teams that are definitely missing out. Um, 
I think it's uh, the only team I can think of because I don't really follow the MLS too closely. Uh, the Revs don't have a right back at all. So uh, literally anyone, I mean, I could probably do the job, but uh, passing up on Kevin Austin seems a little silly. Um, we're really lucky to have him back, I think. Uh, he played really, really well last year. Um, you know, He came in late. He only played 23 times, but his impact was huge. Uh, and he fits really well into the system. And uh, he's he's only 30 right now. Yeah. Uh, just like Michael Seaton. It might be the same birthday, actually. But, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, he'll turn 31 a couple, couple months into the season. And uh, if last season is anything to go by, he's not slowing down at all. So, you know. Well, and a big shock with him re-signing with Orange County is is how quickly or how early on that was done. Because... Some of these fringe players, they typically will wait to exhaust all of their MLS options and make sure that there are no teams wanting to come sign before they then look at, okay, where am I going to sign? Am I going to sign USL overseas or not? So the fact that uh, that signing came at the time that it did was probably the biggest shock for me. Uh, Again, I didn't expect to see him back in Orange County. Am I excited about it? Heck yes. Uh, I think he was probably the most important part of our defense uh, towards the tail end of the season and in the playoffs. Uh, he was the, I guess, quiet weapon in in, in the defensive end. Um, and he's going to be, it's going to be great to have a full season. Uh, when you look at him and you look at other players that we've already discussed, it's just some of these players that we picked up mid-season that, or players that just got off to late starts. So we're talking about Michael Seaton's, Kevin Alston, Darwin Jones. You got some names here of players that were very productive for this team uh, in the playoff run, and it's just exciting. So uh, excited uh, to see him back along with some of these other names, and probably the biggest shock of roster moves so far uh, was him. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm nervous because you know we, we've got – uh, probably we probably all have, as fans have big expectations of the season, um, and, and that's a little, little nerve wracking just because of the nature of the USL. But we're bringing back really good players, um, so that's what leads me to be excited too. I mean, now, now Joe Amico is gonna gonna find himself all over the pitch, I think, because uh, he can play as a right back or or a, or a left back or uh, even. Yeah kind of as a right winger too so he'll yeah, be a few times this season over. he did do that yeah it's gonna be interesting to see i'm sure it'll get uh managed well um and uh if nothing else you know 30 something games of kevin austin should do us pretty well i think his his contribution um as a leadership standpoint maybe gets um maybe let down a little bit because you've got loud big guys and and guys like Alex Cronali and uh, Yoshoivold. But this guy's an but, all-star from MLS and... And maybe yeah. Smash Mouth too. But yeah, you know, he, he might be quiet um, or a little bit quieter than those two, but I think he still has a big impact. And uh, I'm sure guys like uh, Joe Miko and um, also Ansa Contour are going to... Uh, probably probably everyone really is going gonna, is gonna to be learning from him there. Uh, next topic of news, uh, the club, I know they started announcing it or or advertising it towards the end of last season and in the playoffs and on their website, it's been there, but they have opened up signups for their pro experience membership. 
Uh, I believe it's just under 50 bucks. It's like 49.99 or 95 or whatever the, the cents are on that. Uh, but it gives you a 12 month membership that is going to provide education, training, and unprecedented access to Orange County Soccer Club players and coaching staff. This is from their press release. Uh, I know uh, before we went on air tonight, Dylan and I were both sort of discussing that this is pretty interesting. Uh, I, I think the fact that it comes with uh, tickets, I think like seven tickets as part of this membership. It's uh, up to seven tickets. There's an asterisk. Yeah. Come on. Everything's but, got an asterisk. Uh, but then they Have you ever flown <laughs> Southwest? That, like, that's just, everything is an asterisk. That's how they but, make planes. But they also say something like, you know, it's you know up to $100 value or something like that uh, alone in tickets. So, I mean, I get it. Asterisks on there. You, you don't know exactly. Maybe it's going to be, you know, four of those games are like pre preseason scrimmages or open cup matches or whatever it may be. But, I mean, 50 bucks A is not, it's not expensive and you're going to get some tickets out of it. And I think it says also you can get discounted rates for friends and family. I probably would assume it's going to be similar rates to what you would get for a season ticket. I'm, and you're uh, going to learn something. I think that's the biggest yeah. part of this is you're going to learn from really good coaches and, you're and get have access, the opportunity to see that. You're going to get access to sessions with the coaching staff and the players. I think they've talked about like video uh, trainings that you'll be able to have access to. So it's the perfect thing for anyone that is involved with any kind of youth soccer uh, experience, whether it is if you're a youth soccer coach like a myself, um, if you're, yeah, I think it's even available for players to to attend this stuff as well. So if you're a youth soccer player or a team or a league, you can sign up for this. I think they have special uh, tiers for anyone that brings in, you know, 200 or 300 uh, memberships at one time. So if you're a soccer league, uh, you can just sort of sign up your whole league. It gets your coaches access to stuff. It gets your players access to stuff uh, as far as trainings and education and, and whatnot. I, I think it's a pretty interesting uh, concept, uh, uh, an idea. I don't think I've ever seen it done before like this way uh, in my sporting uh, experience. Definitely something I'm going to look into. Uh, and I, I think... I, I think in just talking with the club in general, like they're really big in, uh, at this point now of trying to help develop local youth soccer and try and build that pipeline. We've seen that with their uh, connections now with LA Wolves and, and, and whatnot. They're wanting to build this like pipeline of players that can come out of Southern California. And what better better way to do that than to provide uh, access to your coaching staff and, and, and drills and skills to youth players and coaches in Orange County. I think it's, it's a, uh, uh, interesting thing, and I, I love the fact that they haven't overpriced it, I believe. Uh, I guess maybe if you're trying to bring in a whole league of like 200 players and coaches, then maybe that's pretty expensive. But, you know, for someone like me, that's, you know, the soccer dad, soccer coach, coaches, just my kids, just recreational team, 50 bucks isn't a big deal for me. So This isn't an ad. Ray made it sound greatly like an ad. That'd be cool. Um, It'd be cool, right? No, no, it's just but, uh, my, my yeah. thoughts. Still not an ad. Um, yeah, I, I mean, what what can I say about this? It, it could be cool if you're like a loser who's on a podcast that just likes sports and soccer and like wants to to maybe coach someday. But uh, you know, it's like five six packs or, or, or learning. So you know, learn something <laughs> good for you, as uh, and then uh, yeah, then you can drink later. There you go. That's my PSA. Learn something first. 
um, GM Oliver Vies, uh in the press release. He's going to, oh my God. We gotta get the press thing for you so that you can just look at the. How do you say the name again? Vice. 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 Oliver Vice. Where's Cameron when you need him? Yeah, we need Cameron back. Why don't you call Oliver? I'm sure he's not doing anything right now. I'm sure he's not enjoying some time. Whatever. Not working with his wife. But in the press release, he was quoted as saying, "In his 25 years of youth soccer and professional player development in Orange County." He believes that the pro experience membership is a key missing piece to helping produce players that can reach the highest levels of soccer. It is an essential part of the pathway to professional soccer that they are building at Orange County. Again, this is not an advertisement. I'm just reading the press release. I'm just discussing my thoughts. I think it's a cool thing. Dylan thinks it's a cool thing. Um, I might do it. I mean, I've got a lot of free time this semester. Um, So we'll see if I have 50 bucks laying around or not. (laughs) Yeah, take those classes, and then you can come out and help coach my my kids' soccer team, and we can do something, create something. I don't know. Um, moving on, uh, roster is still needing to be filled out for Orange County. One of the ways that they potentially can do that is by finding local talent that is just sort of these hidden gems no one else has found. That means there is open tryouts that are well. I don't this weekend. This weekend, <laughs> there's three a days. That you have, you have to pay to try out, basically, I believe. There's a, a, a fee you pay for it. But uh, I think it's their just way of trying to weed out the non-serious uh, players. But, yeah, this weekend at the Great Park in Irvine, the club will be ho- uh, holding tryouts to try and fill out some of their roster spots. Uh, I'm not too knowledgeable on what type of players the club has found in this process in the past. Maybe you, Dylan, can throw out some names of players that were found through tryouts like this. Yeah, a couple of years ago, we had uh, Kevin Yon. Um, he joined, I think, as a result of a successful... I think he's actually in one of the pictures um, that they used, but I'll be there not trying out because um, I'm not good and I'm not fit. And I would say I'm not fit first over being not good. Um, but I'll be there kind of seeing what's going on. and uh, Trying to get the scoop for us? Yeah, if they let me. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but if not, I'll just be getting a few hours of sun, which will be pretty good after this week of rain. Um, yeah. Although I think yeah, it's going to be very windy on, on Saturday. So uh, hopefully that doesn't impact anything with the tryouts or, you know, you out in the sun. I'll, I'll live and the players should, because if they're going to play under uh Cloutier, I think they're going to have to be able to deal with some inconveniences and uh, some surprises. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, I think, Dylan, you're the one that brought up this topic, Michael Seaton. Yeah. Um, he's what what news do you just... have for Michael Seaton? Well, I mean, he's not just a, a wonderful goal scorer and a great athlete. He's also a, do I want to say part-time rapper? Ah. I'll go with part-time, maybe full-time. I don't know how much time he's spending right now. Uh Rapping versus um, holding his dog in the snow or... Uh, out in Maryland, right? Yeah, out in the, the DMV. Um, I'm sure he'll be coming back soon. It's it's nice. But uh, he's dropping a, an album on the 23rd of January. So in a week's time, we'll get to, uh, to hear that. He released a single uh, on SoundCloud a little bit after the season ended, and it was... In my opinion, I'd say pretty good. I feel like you'd probably like it, Ray. Um, 
off to check out. We still we still have to work out this rap battle that that uh, I think and Dylan, you could be the referee. Although I think that would be unfair. But uh, why? <laughs> just because I, 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 I know, a homer I know for going into it, going into it, you're going to pick Michael Zeton, obviously. Um, but we're going to have to. I'm going to have to pressure you now, Dylan. You're going to have to. Call out or get Michael Seaton, you know, get with him and and get DM him on Twitter or something. Yeah, get the the, get the rights or get the access for us to be able to play some snippets of his song uh, for our listeners. Isn't that what it's called? Snippets, not snippets. Snippets, snippets. (laughs) Anyway, five five songs. uh, Intro, Mama's favorite. uh, Z's protein and invited to smoke. Um, Apparently on uh, iTunes title and Spotify, according to his hashtagging. So. Uh, I'll try and get into um, <laughs> some contact with them at a more appropriate hour than uh, 12.40 in the morning and uh, see what we can get. But we still have to, we'll have to try and find a way to arrange a, a battle here. I'll probably Rap get battle. demolished. I'll get demolished. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Um, all right. Let's, at least we'll have a laugh. expense. <laughs> Uh, any other soccer information news that we want to talk about? I know one of the things I I was thinking we need to discuss is the uh, slap in the face to some of those teams that have been trying for years to get into MLS. Uh, as MLS announced that Austin would get the 27th franchise uh, as is an this MLS news? franchise. I thought we all knew this. I, I don't think at the time of our last recording, I don't think we knew this. I thought it was kind of assumed since the crew got saved. But can we talk about how stupid one of their chances? It's like 7-4, and they say 7-4, 7-4. That's not the score. That's, bad. that's the vote that gave us the team or something. It's really tacky. I yeah, hope they, they have, fail. They have quite a few tacky chants. If you go and look at it, I think it's been posted all over social media. People are just bashing the chance. I think there's one that's like a Tom Petty song that people are saying that's a good one the rest are basically it's not even a soccer chant they're literally just just saying i won't back down well and i think um they do like okay i i know you guys hate this tottenham hotspur harry kane he's one of our own but then you look at the austin the austin post they don't even say he's one of our own they they instead say they're one of our own l tree yeah, L Tree's a fan. Yeah, that's, that's a good it's one. We it's weird. This is um, the kind of stuff that makes me hate the MLS and hope they fail. Like not the MLS, but this team. I hope well, no one cares. Well, and, and I know there's this like, you know, contention between us and Phoenix, right? Um, and not not contention to get an MLS, but just like you know, apparently people think we don't like Phoenix. Phoenix doesn't like us. Part of all this fun stuff that happened up to the uh, leading up to the Western Conference final. But I, I, I hate, I have to say this is Phoenix. I mean, they're just getting sort of screwed on this and not to say Sacramento as well, getting screwed a little bit on, on this. And, you know, these are two teams, Sacramento. I mean, I think they've been trying the longest to try and get into MLS and it just has been just a failure after failure, a slap in the face after a slap in the face. Uh, and you know Phoenix. I mean, I know they're all in on this MLS train, and I don't. I yeah, it's it's one of those things. You're you're bringing in this owner that I think no one hates, and I think I was reading on social media. People are basically saying, unless you are a Austin fan, you're basically you're going to be the most hated franchise in MLS once you uh, take the pitch in what 2021. Um, oh, and by the way, they're the heel. 
yeah, that basically. And by the way, there's a USL franchise that's starting up this season. I mean, um, it's pretty uh, bold of them to get an MLS franchise too. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's here yeah. every every week, folks. All right, I'll retire. I'm sorry, everyone. That was terrible. <laughs> It's one of those things. I mean, uh, was it Precord is his name, right? Uh, he's going to be like the the Donald Sterling of soccer, pretty much. Um, who? Uh, Donald. Sterling I'm just kidding. Him. I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a Clipper fan, and yeah, that's a. Bad it's okay, Ray. We can cry about this after. Um, <laughs> have an adult yeah, no. beverage and just. Uh, pretty ridiculous that I I, I know I, I think everyone just sort of knew it was going to happen, but I think it's just ridiculous that. You're taking this guy that was going to basically just force a move of a team that the city still like the fans still wanted him in the city. It wasn't like no one was supporting the team uh, and still give him a franchise after all was said and done um, and putting it in Texas where there's already two other teams that can't fill their stadiums. You got a USL team starting in the same city when there's been other cities like a Phoenix, like a, a Sacramento. Um, and there's a few other deserving cities that really want their heart isn't in usl their heart is they want to be mls teams um and it just sort of sucks to you know to see that uh but it is what it is welcome to u.s soccer it's a disaster Um, everyone in charge is not great um but you know that's that's fine right any other soccer stuff you can think of uh that's worth talking about on here yeah, you know, it's just a couple more weeks until the preseason starts. So, uh, you know, start prepping your vocal cords now with, um, you know, I'll, I'll come up with a, I'll, I'll tweet it. Maybe I'll put it on the the podcast website too with a nice vocal warm up or, you know, you can do some workouts of just um, screaming um, aimlessly for about 20 minutes for the first week and then a, a long day on, on a Saturday for about 40 and then, you know, you build up i don't want anyone to get hurt this season while they're screaming their lungs out with me um you know just the the little things but soccer's almost back guys i've missed it so much i have not known what to do with my life for the last month um and now we have something so well we're just a few weeks away from what this Vissel kobe with uh a roster full of great players or stars, but I don't know if any of them will actually play, but. And a guy who likes to wear black, or I guess his friends like to wear black. That was just, oh man, what a tweet. I, you lost me. Um, Andres and Inesta posted a photo oh. for so the King's Day or something. I don't know. There's some Spanish Catholic traditional Check. holiday, and there were three people wearing blackface, and it was. Ooh. Just so funny that he didn't delete it and everyone was basically calling out for it, including some of his former black teammates. Um, I won't even get into it, but it was hilarious. Um, so that'll be something. But yeah, there's soccer coming soon. It's a potential opportunity for fans to see some pretty well-known names uh, in a very intimate stadium. We're going to see a lot of Barcelona fans. I'm just saying. That's oh, what yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain we'll see. Yeah, that, that's that's a given. Um now, will you get to actually see them on the pitch playing a match? Or are they just going to be there in person? Are they even going to show up? That's still unknown, but that's an opportunity there. So uh, get your tickets for that um, if you're interested in heading out to that. Um, I, I, I think, is there anything else? Uh, or are we, is it time to wrap this thing up, I think? I think it's time to wrap it up, but I could sit here and talk to you guys all night. Uh, sorry, I didn't have a poetry reading podcast where I yeah. just did my best NPR voice and read you nice poems. 
we just got to mute you on that. Um, Why would you do that? That was I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's do this. We're going to try something new here. And Dylan has no idea that this is happening. Um, something new for 2019. Be, you know, we, we're going to still do our random thought. But before we get to that, uh, something you learned today, Dylan. Anything from our discussion, our guest, anything we talked about. What's something you learned? Ooh, that's... Um... Or should I go first? You should go first, I think. I got to kind of recap my day in my mind. And yes, folks, I'm totally stealing this from Dan Patrick and the Dan Patrick Show, but uh, I'm not stealing it because I'm not going to go. I, I'm just putting this in a bad situation there, huh? Um, but I'm just saying what we learned today. Uh, I learned that Richard Chaplow likes to eat raw carrots and sort of nibble down to that middle part where there's that little hollow opening in there. Uh, tends to enjoy that. So that's just a, a fun thing that I learned today. I know I didn't give you enough time to think of some Dylan, so. No, that's fine. Um, you know what I did learn today was that um, Frank Lampard is a penalty master because I watched the entirety of the uh, Southampton Derby County match. And then also that um, the Leeds manager, uh, God, what, Bielsa is his name? Bielska? I don't know. Um, but that he is quite the manager with quite the uh, devotion to to the game and to the players. So that was pretty cool to watch unfold. I learned things. Random thought for the, to end our podcast, Dylan, what you got? Um, you guys should all go read, um, the, wow. You're just nodding already. I haven't even said what it is, but just, I know you're wanting them to read. It's a poem this time. Um, it's what? 21 lines probably. 18 actually no i lied it's 19 lines um do not go gentle into that good night by dylan thomas uh spelled the same way as me i wish i was named after him or had half that much talent but it's a wonderful uh, poem and maybe I'll, next time you start talking i'll just start talking over you in my npr voice do not go gentle into that oh, good man. night I can, old I, age know, should I, burn and rave at the close of day rage you know, rage is the dying of the light yeah. You know, I can go on here and I can like boot you from this, uh, from this chat thing. Maybe this will just end up each other. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to get back in. Um, (laughs) uh, Random thought for me. I'm sure everyone thinks I'm going to talk about Tottenham and Harry King getting injured and how sad that is, but I'm not going to, even though I just did. Um, My my random thought uh, over the break when I wasn't talking with you, Dylan. uh, I missed you caught on to a show and binge watched i think it was like two full seasons and now it's the third season it's a show called the good place um pretty well, interesting one. fun Fork show you, man yeah it, it's it's Holy awesome Fork. i love it yes yeah, <laughs> um for those you don't get the references go check out that show uh it's pretty interesting pretty fun neat concepts and uh you know a bunch of good characters and good people in it um I, I'm just waiting for the day that we, you know, I can get a Janet's uh, uh, virtual assistant, uh, and that becomes a reality or something. I'm sure it'll happen someday. I probably won't be around though. Um, so with that said, um, you're my rickety ray. All right, yes. That's like my play on Donkey Doug. <laughs> you're my uh, Donkey Doug. Hey, can someone tell me like a nice uh, wild animal that starts with R right now? I can't think of any. I don't know. Come on, Ray. You got this. Rabbit. Rabbit Ray? Rhino? Rhino Ray? 
rhinoceros. Yeah, rhinoceros. Well, hey, you guys, uh, you, here's something for you. Here's some homework besides reading Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night by Dylan Thomas. Oh, you are also going to let us know what um, Ray's nickname should be with a wild animal that starts with an R because there has to be some alliteration. Everyone enjoy your weeks. Oh, I'll stop man. talking now. I, I, I'm interested to see what some of these uh, suggestions will be. Okay. Raccoon Ray. There we go. Thank you. Get like a little black eye patch on, on my eye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> check out the show. Don't listen to Dylan and his poetry. Watch TV. It's much better for you. Wow. Much healthier for you. <laughs> you have to have a disclaimer. That's actually not true. Who knows? There's, there's no proof. Um, but yeah, no, it's time to end this because we're just getting now going crazy now. I think we've just missed talking to you guys, talking to each other, talking about soccer and other random stuff. But we do got to end this because of time constraints. We've gone way past what I was expecting to go. Um, but I want to uh, thank one more time assistant coach of Orange County Soccer Club, Richard Chaplow, for coming on and spending some time with us uh, to discuss his new role with the team and his expectations for the coming season. Uh, you know, as always, Dylan, it's great uh, talking with you, spending some time with you, sharing our thoughts uh, each and every time. For you listeners that have been loyal listeners that continue to listen, even though sometimes we talk about the most random things, thank you for doing so. We appreciate it. Uh, for those of you that are listening to us for the first time uh, ever, feel free to check out some of our older episodes. You can go on our website. You can also find us on the um on the interwebs, I guess you can call it, right? Um, is that what you call it? Is that what they're called nowadays? I don't know. Just say um, the internet. <laughs> uh, you can listen to us on any of your favorite podcast listening options. Uh, our For free. Our, our Black Friday sale is still going. There you go, yeah. Our preference uh, for the show, Radio Public. Go check us out on there. You can listen to us. The awesome thing, if, if you listen to us on there, uh, we make a little, little tiny bit of money for every listen we get on that uh, platform. Uh, and also pretty soon you'll actually be able to tip us if you like what you hear on our show. Just the, on, no, I'm not going to make that joke. I'm sorry, Ray. <laughs> on the Radio Public app on iPhones or Androids, I believe. Um, check it out. Listen there. But I'm not saying you have to. You can listen to it anywhere um, and enjoy the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, everyone. Uh, for Dylan, Richard. Myself, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. 
the Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.